The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Costa. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. Are you the kind of individual who sees the possibilities in the world around you? And are you the kind of individual that sees the possibilities within someone else? I'm excited about today's guest. Matt Belair. He's the best-selling author of Zen Athlete. He's also the host of the podcast Mastermind Body and Spirit which happened to be number one in iTunes in over 10 countries. And today we talk about his training with Shaolin monks and how he applies a lot of his discipline that he learned early on through martial arts to train his brain, to accomplish greatness, and to coach other people on how to unlock their own personal greatness. We go deep and talk about everything from his time in Nepal studying meditation with Buddhist monks to even surviving some near-death experiences while trekking Mount Everest. Matt's traveled the world as a professional snowboard coach. He's trained Olympians. We talk about how he lives his life to also help other people find their passion, their purpose, and how to live a fulfilled life. So, join me as we seek light into the deep with Matt Belair. Enjoy. So yeah, um, feel free to uh, indulge us uh, for those that are listening. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Sure, man. Well, I appreciate the invite on the show. And, um, you know, my background, I just like to say I really enjoyed martial arts as a kid. So right away, I was learning about mind, body, spirit, right? Watching all these, you know, Kung Fu masters use their power of the mind to break the bricks and things like that. So I was doing martial arts and um, was a really curious kid and, you know, an athlete growing up as well. But, you know, when I got into my teenage years, we only had two channels on my TV and one of them would just show these kids uh, starving to death, whatever those commercials were like world vision or something. Right. So that never really made any sense to me, like how, how we can have so much abundance here and we can't sort of rice, you know, for these people, it's like they just need rice so they don't die. Like we can't come together as a planet to figure that out. So, you know, that, that was going on. And then I was also reading books on like consciousness, personal development, spirituality, and Zen, because they're really interested in consciousness and um, you know, what were the limits of human potential? potential and could i achieve some sort of like next level consciousness whether it's like enlightenment that's kind of what i was thinking right can i could i be enlightened and what what was that even and so uh when all my friends i went to university i did two years of college and then i went to whistler and, and began uh snowboarding and and becoming a snowboard coach and what struck me there was that I was using what I learned from martial arts, just some basic mindset stuff about visualization, clearing your mind and all these different things. And yeah, these world-class snowboarders doing the craziest tricks over the biggest jumps, the most dangerous things. And they didn't even know any of this. So I thought that that was very curious. So I became uh, you know, a snowboard coach and I taught the mental game of snowboarding uh, and extreme sports. And that kind of 
grew for a while and uh, it did about eight years there. And then I wanted to travel the world because I like to immerse myself with the masters, you know, like the, the greatest people doing it. So I went to uh, Nepal to meditate with monks because I figured if I want to be enlightened, best monks place to be the closest place. Right. <laughs> so I go to the Himalayas and do that thing and trek Mount Everest and almost die in a snowstorm, but oh, um, got through that, which was nice. And then, uh, then I trained uh, professional MMA in Thailand because I want to be a good practical fighter uh, just because I enjoy the art of it. I wrote the book Zen Athlete when I was in Cambodia, most of it. And then uh, I went to China and trained with 34th generation Shaolin monks. And that, that was like my big uh, first travel. And then since then, I've been able to, you know, go to multiple continents, train with three different indigenous uh, elders and do a lot of different um, experiences and teachers and ceremonies and, and different stuff like that. Just kind of exploring yeah, like, are these masters on the planet? What wisdom do they have to offer? Where are they? And how can I get that, um, you know, information and share it with other people? Apply it to my life to have a more fulfilling, meaningful life by my own standards, but also share that. And so somewhere along the line, I started doing a podcast and I'm at like 500 and something episodes. And nice. I guess it's a long story. A lot of a lot of tangents. It all feels like one marshmallow right now, you know? I've got a daughter now, so that's like oh, the thing. Yeah, congratulations. So, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Oh, man. I love that. Um, and I know George is going to give me some guff because I didn't do this. So let me do it now. Sorry, George. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, that's awesome. So now with, with all of that, with having studied with Shaolin monks, with everything that you've endured through your life right now, you've brought another life into this dimension, if you will. What's going through your mind? Well, a lot of stress, probably, um, you know, looking at the way that the world is working and what's been going on in Canada. Um, I've always been, I think with what's going on now and on, on a, on a kind of spiritual side of things, it's everyone has to face their own death, whether they're afraid of the coronavirus or whatever it is, is like the, you know, coming to the understanding that you will pass on. And so I've come to that understanding. I'm not afraid of death. Um, I have figured out though, uh, on further contemplation that I am afraid of prolonged suffering. <laughs> so, you know, um, so that, that I am afraid of, but, but not death. Cause I've had enough experiences through meditation and other different things to see that we keep going, you know, the soul keeps going. There's something greater that we're um, a part of. So on one part, I'm really excited to share the world and teach her everything I know. And then the other side is like, how, how is this going to turn out? You know, I'm fine with, you know, myself, but how do I, it's like, uh, yeah, your heart on your sleeve or whatever. It's just so vulnerable. It's such a vulnerable feeling to see, you know, to have this life, you know, and just how crazy and chaotic the world is and want to have, you know, an environment where they're safe and protected. It can grow and thrive. And just to observe what's happening, it's, uh, you know, kind of nerve wracking at the same time. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. I was a, a step parent for a short period of time and uh, it was, you know, life-changing, but it's obviously different when it is your own child, you know, when you've procreated and now there's this whole other world that's going on and you're trying to protect them at, you know, every cost, but at the same time, also wanting them to learn. Um, so, you know, how do you think you're going to approach some of these things, you know, like, well, she's only two right now. So, you know, are already like, you know, I don't, I don't wear the mask and do stuff like that. And I, you know, I try to limit any of this nonsense that's going on as much as possible. And then I'm going to, you know, try to put my family and my 
position in life where, where we're safe and, and we're in a good community and she has an opportunity to uh, connect with nature and be around like-minded people. And so we'll see. We'll see how that kind of goes because Canada is, is not trending positively right now, um, but I'm still remaining optimistic. And so, you know, I'm just going to do my best to train her to think for herself, to have a spiritual connection, to understand her relationship um, with God and creation and the environment and just do the best I can to empower as much as possible. Definitely not touching public school, um, you know, in any way. So, you know, yeah, things like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, yeah. do my best to be the best parent I can to give her the life experiences and knowledge and experiences so that she can thrive in this world. That's wonderful. It's uh, gosh. Now with the, I think with some of your background, obviously with the martial arts, you know, that mind, body, spirit and learning at a young age and implementing that, Obviously, you've seen the impact that it's had in just athletic, you know, arenas, right? Um, snowboarding, skateboarding, right? Uh, as well, yeah. you coached a lot of folks. Do you feel prepared coaching, you know, a new life, your own offspring, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, you know, that one, I don't think anybody's really prepared for it, right? right. Um, yeah, he just tried to make as little mistakes as possible. But as far on the athletic side of things, yeah, for sure. We had her skiing out the other day at two, you know, I'm just pushing That's her awesome. and training her already. And I'm, actually, I'm already, already training her abs all the time by flinging her around and, and tossing her. So, you know, the kids kids they have their own personality but she's definitely adventurous and has that kind of um adrenaline junkie spirit that i do <laughs> Genetic. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's gonna be great but she's also very strong-willed so i see us oh. heads as things go down so we'll see we'll see how mm. uh you know the teenage years you know go but i'm just gonna do my best to give her like as much love and support as i can and right um, you know help her yeah just you know, it. I think you got to give kids self-worth, right? And all the coaching I've done, even when I was doing high-level athletes, Olympians and things like that, if they were self-sabotaging, it came down to self-worth. They didn't feel good enough to be number one. And there's always like some sort of thing. And so, you know, with the subconscious mind and the limiting beliefs, all of that relates to just not addressing it. It's because you you don't focus on it and write it out and understand what it is, you know, where it comes from. Once you do that, you've shined light on it. And then you you know if it has power over you or not, but people aren't. Uh, trained or taught how to reflect on those no. things that are limiting them. But once they do, um, it releases that, that, um, that charge. It's not so much the experience goes away, whether you had like a self-worth experience or like this uh, limiting belief, um, you know, a, a challenge and that created a limiting belief. It's that we just didn't ad readdress it. Right. So it's still there, but it doesn't have that same charge to it. Right. And I think it's important too, like you said, you know, when you shine a light on it, right. To know thyself, to really get introspective and really learn and shift some of that self-sabotage because, you know, we see all the distractions that are going on already between, you know, gadgets, you know, the internet and all these things are tools, but they're not being utilized as tools when there are people utilizing those to distract people and also to just, you know, take money and resources, which is even our attention is a resource. So how do you combat that in your personal life? Well, that's a great comment. And yeah, I think, um, you know, your personal attention is the number one most important thing. And that's what they're distracting a ton. So, you know, I've thought about this actually quite a bit over the last year or two, because of my job keeps me on the internet to share the stuff that I'm teaching. You know, one of the thoughts that I had was there's so much nonsense in this world and understanding that, you know, programming and propaganda and all these different things that I studied and recognized, I wanted to put out some positive uh, mental nutrients as the Buddhists call it. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever your folk, it's like, uh, you know, whatever you're eating, if you eat KFC all, all day, you, you're going to, you 
have that experience of not being in shape and probably <laughs> diabetes or whatever. But the same thing for your mind, if you keep feeding it junk, um, you're going to get junk output. So right. my, my thought was to put out as much positive output as I could. And in doing so, it keeps me online, um, which I, which I don't like. So if I were not online, I would limit everything. I'd probably chop everything off if I wasn't trying to share this information. And right. now at this stage, I'm looking to figure out a way to continue to do the podcast and the research in these programs, but be able to outsource everything else. So I actually don't have to look at a screen at all. And some people like Kelly Brogan and others are going so far to just go back to the flip phone. And so, you know, that's what I'd suggest to everybody is, you know, one of the first things I did years ago with Facebook is only follow the pages that were positive and, and teaching me something. X out anybody that was just talking nonsense. So it was all curated. Yeah. You can do that with Instagram as well. So you're Absolutely. not scrolling into nonsense. And even if you are researching some of the stuff that's going on and it's pretty dark and challenging, you want to limit that too, right? You want to, you know, be aware. I think that that's important, but then you want to focus most of your time on the solution that you're providing for yourself, for your family, for your well-being, for your community, and all those different things. Because if you just spend, you know, uh, it's like, um, I don't know, let's say the Ghislaine Maxwell trial that's coming up, for example, you know, all you need to know is like just the basics that something is with pedophilia is going on. I worked on human trafficking. I worked on um, the force to bring awareness to the force organ harvesting that's going on in China, which I didn't know about, which is are both horrendous things. Um, but you don't need to know every detail about every case to make the difference or to to recognize it and say, okay, this is something that needs to be addressed. My head is in the sand. I don't know what I can do about it, but you know, I'm aware of it. Now what can I do? Right. So one of the things could be like, you know, if, if there are these, you know, people out there which are predators, teach your young to be strong and resilient and smart and connected and start a youth program or something like that. You know what I mean? That's where you put most of your time. So if they do get in that situation, you're building strong people. And that's what we kind of need because even the people who have kind of woken up to this, some of them can get stuck at just looking at the negative. Right. And it's so much easier for a lot of folks. I mean, we're all guilty of it at one form, one point in our life or another. Right. And, and it, it's, it's easier to just complain about something rather than, like you said, I love that you pointed out, like find those solutions. Right. And we're not equipping children any longer. Like we maybe once did. I, I felt that I had a different kind of education versus like my nephew. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I feel like we can agree that when you made that comment, uh, on public schools, that's where I got that from. So I didn't want, didn't mean to assume. So I apologize. Um, but you know, this whole change in curriculum, um, in that shift in your, in your feelings about things, how can, how can we help show people maybe there is a different way or an alternative way to something than what they're feeling is the tried and true that's almost forced? Mm. Well, that's a great question. The first, I just touch on the public schools for a second, because it's very clear that they're public indoctrination. And I, you know, I watched the movie, movie Idiocracy, like maybe a few months ago, we we're looking for a comedy to watch. And I was like, that's what's happening. We are actually getting dumber with each generation. And I, um, you know, I trained a little bit with, with Clifford Mahuti, who's a Zuni elder, but he's also a civil and environmental engineer. And he said, when he came out of engineering, they just, they started to change the math. So as he was going around all these engineering projects working for the government because he wanted to see how it worked and what was going on. He said, as they came out of university, they were getting dumber and dumber where they dropped these, these things, right? And they say, okay, it's great on your paper and in this graph, but it's not going to work in real life. Like that doesn't work in actual reality. And so it, I think there is a systematic dumbing down of our population. And it's something that we need to be mindful of as, as a you know, group of people. 
Now, what were we talking about with the feelings? What was the, what the heck was the original question? <laughs> oh, just, yeah, yeah, no, what your, your thoughts, you know, and this is all, this is Tangent City, my friend. This is, you know. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Usually I can yeah. roll it. I was like, wait, what, what was the original yeah, no, one? No, no sweat, like, man. Address all that stuff. It's wherever, <laughs> whatever we're feeling, man, whatever we got. Beautiful. That's how I do mine. Yeah. Too, so that's awesome. <laughs> like, you know, just how, how can we try and open people up to like the fact that there's maybe different perspectives, right? Or alternatives to the things that they feel are, nope, it's absolutely got to be this way because, you know, whether it's indoctrination, whether it's tradition, right? A lot of people choose tradition versus truth. And that's what we see a lot of. Uh, and that's, you know, how, how can we get folks to maybe listen more? That, number one, that's a thing, but also to not automatically assume that everybody who's offering a different perspective is a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist, you know, because it, it just turns into that too quickly. So, Maybe what are some tools that you utilize or you could use to help open people's hearts and minds? That's a really great question. And, um, you know, I do a, a weekly mastermind group. So we touch on a lot of these things. And one of the things I learned from uh, martial arts is you train with each other, right, to get each other better. And um, also I learned from uh, David Lombard Senapass about these uh tease and you sit in a circle and everybody has wisdom like a you know they bring up a topic on compassion or something and everyone would speak and it would at the end it'd be brilliant so we, we actually talked about this a few weeks ago and so some of the things that came up were just understanding that surrender you have to surrender to like how anyone else is going to act because if you're trying to change them and, and what their perceived attitude is whether they're you know really locked in one position they're being however they are, because people are dealing with a lot of challenges. People can't go to weddings or their family, you know, all this kind of craziness with, you know, the indoctrination. And I see what they're doing on the television. Then it plays out in the world. They say, oh, well, you know, this thing. And then all of a sudden, all the people who aren't thinking for themselves, go do that exact thing and cut family out of their life and don't let them in weddings mm -hmm. and, and all in shame and guilt and do all these awful things. So the first thing is for that is just being in surrender that they're going to have their process doing your best to give them kindness and compassion. And that's what I learned from, you know, the Buddhist monks, which was amazing because I would ask them all these different questions. And I would, I would, so I would, I would teach morning uh, English in the morning and then in the afternoon I'd have conversations with older monks and they would always just every, any question I asked them, I asked them really difficult questions. Like, okay, you, you're about kindness and compassion. What if somebody like rapes and kills your sister? Like, I'm sorry for that messed up analogy, but that's no, but, I, cause, cause right. I'm like, I'm, I'm primal. Like I have a spirituality kind of podcast, but like the, how my mind immediately operates when people are acting in an unjust way is very primal and it's not kind and it's angry and uh, you know, it's violent, you know, that's mm -hmm. how I process it. And then, you know, through my mom and through the martial arts training and all these different things, I figure out to hold that gap and to be as kind and compassionate in that scenario as I can. Right. And, and not say and do the thing that I think, but uh, you know, I don't think people should be going around in that way and doing those things. So when I, when I asked amongst that, they would always, no matter what messed up question I give them, they would think for the harder it was, it the more they think. And then they would say something. It was never like, you know, you do this from some sort of thing. It was like, it would always come back to a beautiful answer of like my job and my practice is to do kindness. It's not, it's not a thing that just you say it. It's like, I would have to try and practice kindness and compassion. You know, I wish I, and he would say, I wish that would not happen to anyone, but that would be my job. Could I do that? I don't know. Right. They're very honest. It was very beautiful. Um, now, there's two other things that I think are important. Um, and I'll just say this one first because the formula for truth will take a second. The number one thing you can do is to be the example and let people be what they're going to be. And the best uh, analogy I can give for this is just imagine the whole world is 500 pounds and uh, they're very overweight and they have a terrible diet 
and um, you know, they're, they're yelling at you and all this kind of stuff, but all you need to do is be healthy. Right. So at one point you've figured out that all this stuff that you're doing is wrong. Um, it's, or it's not, not wrong. It's not helping you be a healthy, live a healthy life. You change the things you need to change. Now you're living a healthy life. You got energy, your, your body looks good. You feel good. You got, you know, a clear mind, all these different things are happening. That visual representation is going to be the best thing you can do for them. So now it's, we're onto the energetics spirituality. You can't see, right. And that's why there's so much nonsense in our field. Like, you know, with spirituality field in general, it's kind of exploded over the last, you know, I was always interested in it, but I feel like the last 10 years has just been really getting a lot of weird stuff. And I love the weird stuff, but I feel like there's a lot of, um, not, it's like disingenuous, but, but uh, white belts claiming to be black belts. Gotcha. That's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's well totally fine to be, uh, you know, want to enjoy it, but in martial arts, you know, what, who's a white belt, you know, what, what level you're at from your capabilities, then the spiritual world, you can't, you don't really know. So you can have a good intention, but you still need some years of experience, some trying, you know what I mean? And uh good intention and a, and a kind of like a track record to, you know, claim or not even claim, but like to actually be a black belt, you just are, you don't tell people that you just, you, you have that, you know, level of mastery and that level of knowledge. So it's an energetic game. So the more you can do that and they witness you in freedom and enjoy and compassion and with adaptation and all these different things that are concerning them, but not concerning you and, and just remaining calm. I think that's the best way is to handle your own situation and your energetics and what you do for a living and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, clean your house first, make it the best, most righteous, epic house that you can, right. Which will allow company. You can invite a company over to visit it. Right. And then allow them to have the craziest experience they want because that's out of your control. That's mm -hmm. what they get that you get your free will. They get their free will. So allow them to, to do it. And if they're challenging you, do your best to give them kindness and compassion. Now, the last thing I think uh, is important is something I learned a long time ago called the formula for truth. And uh, it's a very interesting uh, way to perceive the world because it allows for more listening, as you said. So the formula for truth basically says a few things. Number one is you only have your perspective. I only have my life experiences and all these things that happen. You have yours and everyone else has theirs. You only get one. So that's it. So when you meet someone else, they have another perspective. So now there's two. So what most people do, let's just say it's an X and Y scale. And I like to use the flat earth and round one because it's just like the polar opposite, right? Or mm -hmm. Corona is so deadly or it's not, or Jesus is real, or, you know, that's all nonsense, just polar opposite beliefs. So what you do is say, um, someone goes, okay, the earth is uh, flat, right? And this actually is <laughs> the first time I used it was, was with, with that. So the person goes, oh, no, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. I say, okay. Um, rather than that, you go, all right, tell me why. You're right. And you start to seek understanding. Oh, the coronavirus is so deadly. Why? Oh, the coronavirus is not as deadly as they say. Why? And so you keep to seek understanding. And so let's say 45 degrees is in the middle because it's a zero to 90 scale, right? You got your 45, they got their 45. Well, if you open up, to every single person you meet with that kind of inquiry, you're getting 45 degrees of information or their whole perspective on life, right? And maybe just at like 98 degrees on the scale, you're going to get something that you didn't know. So Always. now as you do this as an operating system, you're receiving so much more information than the average person. So your ability to recognize patterns is going to be off the charts in truth and integrity and, and the ability to know when someone's lying or deceiving or a higher quality of truth. And the other thing is to understand with this, a formula for truth is truth evolves. It doesn't just end. It's an, it's an evolution. You know, we grow with that. And with each layer, you know, we refine it a little bit more. You can end up seeing like, I like that image that goes around on, uh, 
on Instagram where it shows like a shadow on a wall and one shows a square and one shows a circle and it says, and it's got two different people and they're both right. They say, no, it's a square. No, it's a circle because they're seeing shadows, but they're both right. And so, but from a higher perspective, you can see it could go into infinity. So that's why you kind of honor that point of view. And so I feel like if you can just do those things, that's a really powerful recipe for um, navigating, especially these times, but navigating life in general. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, you're gathering data as you're going. So who doesn't want to learn, right? I think people get so stuck in just feeling so concrete in what it is. And they forget that whether it's life, whether it's knowledge, whether it's truth, in your point, everything is a breath. It's not this concrete stone. It's it's moving and flowing and evolving. And, and it's not this static thing, right? So I think it's important, like you said, to, to I love that, you know, really challenge, not challenge, but you're asking someone, well, why? Because now you're probing and now you can actually in, engage in dialogue, which I feel like hasn't been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how, you know, that's why people have told me too, they go, how do you know that your perspective is, is like, quote unquote, right? And I was like, well, you know, I was like, if you, if anybody at any point shares with me a piece of information that makes everything out, it's so good that it shatters everything that I previously thought, I'll accept that. The issue is when I'm having these conversations with people, they don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They're, they're regurgitating what they heard on TV or, or they'll send me something. That's so ridiculous. And I was like, right. well, you know, and so that's the whole thing about why we're not seeing debates about what's going on and why there's not open dialogue and why that they're throwing such a, a divisive nature because they want to make it impossible for people to have this dialogue. Because if we saw open debates between two intelligent people, um, you know, one side would be clear. And the only one we did see was uh, Robert Kennedy debate Alan Dershowitz on vaccines a long time ago. And if you watch that one, one side is much more compelling because the truth resonates. It's not trying to manipulate, right? Propaganda is manipulation. And when somebody can um, see through it, it's just so obvious. And so part of the studies that I did was in consciousness, self-help, self-hypnosis, um, you know, copywriting, hypnotic writing, all these different things. And it's just how you can persuade, but I, I use it for good. I use it to persuade people to believe in themselves, to, you know, uh, you know, break down limiting beliefs, understand their subconscious mind. All this stuff is night and day different for um, living a free life where you architect your reality, or you're kind of bound into this mental slavery and you don't even know it. Right. By design. 100% by design. You know, and, and, and folks get so, I, I've seen it. I've seen it in, in folks that I know, whether it's some, you know, distant family or some, even some friends or acquaintances where they get stuck in these patterns and they're, they're really not able to get out of that. And then it's just this constant, either negative downslope and there's just no, no open dialogue and there's just no change for them. And so therefore nothing changes in their world or in the reality and they're not able to construct anything outside of what's being fed to them. And, you know, it's, it's like, right. It's like marketing, you know, where, you know, at one point in time where we had the, you know, esoteric teachings of like symbolism and allegory to teach lessons and teach people similar to what you're doing by taking these wonderful nuggets and, but showing people how to look within and and make those changes you know, ad agencies are using symbolism and tricks of the mind to affect psyche. And then they infiltrate into social media and they run experiments on people and they okay it by saying okay to the terms and conditions and don't even realize it. So how do we help individuals really start 
discovering themselves and their purpose? Well, that's a really great question. You know, the first thing about the propaganda and all these different things, it's it's good to understand it and, you know, read some basic books. Uh, I highly recommend, you know, the basics of neuro-linguistic programming, um, you know, and, and hypnosis and propaganda to see the things they work, you know, how they work, because then you'll you'll know when it's used against you. It's kind of like jujitsu. If you mm-hmm. don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to break your arm or I'm going <laughs> to choke you. I'm going to do whatever I want because right. you don't know what I'm doing. But the second I start to show you what I'm doing, then now you can defend against it. And now there's not a threat for you. So all this stuff is, is going in subconsciously, right? With this, uh, especially with all the TV, right? And now with the, um, you know, social media and how prevalent that is, it's just so massive how, how powerful this is. So people can need to understand that. Now, to know who you are and to know your life purpose, I feel like is the most paramount thing that anyone can do. and that's a lot of what I teach because I've always been curious why people don't go and, and honor their, like it, it, their inner voice, their intuition. And I feel like my whole life, that's really the only difference between me and most people that's allowed me to travel to all these different countries. Um, you know, these near death experiences I had the last one, I'm uh, stuck on a cliff and like I had to do a sketchy thing to get out, but it was like me and my partner and it was pretty close to death, but I was like, Holy shit, I had to do something. And if I failed, I was probably going to die. And I thought, oh, dear. I was like, maybe my work is done. And I didn't think like I didn't have regret work because all I'm doing is like I I say like an awakened person is is somebody who um, stops thinking, what can I get to what can I give? You know, Mm. like how can how can I help? And um, and then they stop being victims. You know, they're saying they just Mm. accept everything in their life. So by five, no means perfect. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm always wishing I could be more productive, but I get stuck in these sometimes depression, sometimes other things with what's going on in the world and I'm not productive. But what I do intend is I say, say creator, show me a way to be a service. You know, I mm. want to align with the greater picture. Please live through me. What can I do to help? Right. And I'm just saying that thing and I'm intending that thing and I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm kind of doing my best. And, you know, like I've kind of feel like as a bit depressed this summer and being a piece of crap. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And uh-huh. and all of a sudden, you know, I went through and I did this law. I hosted this law summit with another friend of mine. It turns out that helped. We had like 5,000 people go through that. We did it for free. It was something that was like, I knew I needed to do it. I took action. And so 5,000 people were really helped. So to try to keep their job or to understand the law or all these different things um, to help that situation. So I, I, then after that, I kind of realized I still, although I don't feel like I'm being optimal because I like, because I'm, I like athletics and I like all this different mm-hmm. stuff. If I'm not optimal and planned out and, you know, moving in a direction, I feel a bit stagnant. So it's just like a bit of a sign that it's like, okay, the universe is still working through me. You know what I mean? I'm still open to help, right? But you know, I'm still open uh, to be a service. So when people, the reason why, so I've worked with so many different people, like go to Burning Man, for example, and it's such a crazy environment. And within two seconds, people go like, well, how do you like the default world? And because Burning Man's such a shit show, it's so nuts. <laughs> it's so amazing. Like, uh, you know, and there's some weird, crazy stuff that goes on there too, but I've just had the most glorious times. So it's, it's unbelievable there. And and so you go, how do you like the default world, right? And that's the regular world. And, and most people say, oh, you know, I don't really like it or whatever. And I'm always just like, well, what do you want to do? It's not hard. What do you, who are you? And it was interesting to do the law summit because every guest said, know who you are. And it was very spiritual. Like the, the law is somehow spiritual. I recommend people going through, looking through that because, um, you know, a lot of them reference the Bible and they say the Bible is a contract on the planet. So- 
1611, uh, not because King it's or whatever, yeah, so because the queen swears her oath on it. So if you go into courts, they had the every country, Canada, you they that is under the queen, they have to honor her oath and their oath to the queen. She swore it to God. And in that book, it says God gave dominion to land, air, and water to man. So that actually still holds up in court if you really know what you're doing, because there's a lot of tricks and deceit and nonsense in there. I still haven't wrapped my head around it. But the idea is that you were created by the creator. The, the creator gave you the breath of life. So you have the creator within you to you know, expand and use your soul and use your will in this dimension, in this domain. And that's a very beautiful and powerful thing. So you got to know who you are. And that's why I think all this stuff is coming out about uh, this, uh, you know, confusing kids, even their gender. Because if you don't know that you were created by God and you can't figure out if you're a man or a woman, how confused are you? If you're very confused spirit and soul and individual, how can you know that you were a perfect divine being created um, with the creator in you to do, you know, basically anything you want here in the realm of co-creation? It's not about going to conquer shit. It is to cooperate and experience life with everything in a very beautiful meaningful way to develop your skills to develop who you are and all these different things so you know when i go through my coaching and training you know i would just suggest people start with this you know write down a bunch of the things that you're passionate about write down what you would do if you had a million dollars deposited in your bank every day for the rest of your life what would you do with your time what you know if you get all these phds whether you want to learn from individual who, who that if anybody on the planet can mentor you who would be your top 10 mentors um what are the biggest problems you see on the planet and so you just start doing the self inquiry and that's all it is man people just don't do the basic thing but i've also recognized that when I ask people this question, it's their conscious mind that needs to give the answer. The problem with the conscious mind is it's designed to keep you safe, which is great. Um, but for mm -hmm. us to stay safe, we need to eat. And for us to eat, we need to have money. So the conscious mind goes, oh, yeah, what would you do if you could do anything? It's like, nah, you're not going to trick me, dummy. You're right. not going to kill me because if we go do that thing that we, we love to do, we're going to die because we're not going to get any money. So I had this friend who's uh, so analytical. <laughs> He's like, he would have just said like more savings or something stupid. So I ended up just doing a hypnosis and hypnosis is simply guided meditation, but it's your frame of reference. And the only thing I changed is I, I got him to references through his heart mm. and he just gave me the most beautiful answers. And I said, oh. well, you know, ask him all the normal questions, but mm. I, his conscious mind would just give me the worst answers. So I just said, <laughs> you know, your heart's taken over essentially, you know, blah, blah, blah. He gave me the most beautiful answers. Uh, he actually moved to tears and after I did that, I was like, this is interesting. Nothing like this exists that I'm aware of because I try everything. I like that. You know, if somebody's got some sort of thing in every city, I'm going to try all of them. Right. And then I'll just kind of know what, how helpful they were and, and, you know, get to experience it and right. learn more about myself and all kinds of things. Um, so I knew there was something special there. And I started to do it with a lot of people. The first 10 people cried, uh, one pissed themselves and one apparently popped out of their body and, and went to some sort of place and came back. I don't know what happened there, but it was, mm. it was weird. And, and, and I think it was just their experience in their heart. It's not me doing anything magical or mystical or wearing, waving a wand. It's the way that it's just led into your heart. So your heart begins to facilitate to your dumb, dumb brain, because that's what I call it anyway, because the heart sends more signal to the brain anyway, but mm -hmm. the intuition is always shutting it off because it's not safe, right? right? They're not doing it because it's not safe, but when we can see it and we can imagine it and we can feel it and we can sense it, we're really inspired to move. And that's where the courage comes in to go walk that path. So a lot of people have had these awakening moments. Um, but they didn't have the courage to walk it. And that's the challenge once you're very clear to walk it. And so if anybody wants support, you know, there's, I have so much great stuff like the quantum heart hypnosis people can get and uh, the soul compass walks them all through that. 
And it's so concise and so simple and so effective. And all of my stuff, you know, you can pay for it or you can get it for free. Like the Soul Compass I was selling as a course, but I just give it away for my membership. And the Quantum Heart Hypnosis is not very expensive. It's like 97 bucks. And But I'll, but I'll give free audios to everyone. Like you just have it, just friggin' do it, you know? Right. So it's not about the money. It's just about people actually making that commitment. And if they do, they're going to have the experience. And so now they know it's possible, but are they able to walk it? And that's where the challenge comes in, mm-hmm. right? That's the hard part, right? Yep. And when you're in that in that heart space, you've got it and it's clear, but then you got to go kind of make that leap of faith and it's terrifying. But uh, everyone who does it, you want, the universe always responds. When you are being mm-hmm. who you authentically are, who you came here to be, the universe always responds. And the universe will also respond if you're not being who you, you're meant to be and it'll respond yes. through disease and getting your ass fired at a job. And you see it as negative to send you back to ground zero to try again because everyone's just putting the material before who they are. You know, and it goes back every- to... I'm so sorry to interject. I'm no, sorry. No, no, that's okay. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was ready. I can get carried away. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. I lo- this is great. It, it, it reminded me that when you said that of like, why there are white belts posing as black belts. They're not mm. putting the work in, but they're putting the cart before the horse, right? And they're not doing the work. And they're not, they, in that work sometimes is having that, that faith to actually walk in that path of what you and who you are. And, and and that's so challenging for people to be able to do that, like you said, but to be able to become who we are and who we're meant to be and why we're here in this flesh suit, you know, how, how and why? <laughs> well, you know, when, when you're walking the path, one of the things I was thinking from what you're sharing is that it's just that inner voice that knows the thing you're supposed to do. You just keep listening to that one over the money one. That's it all day, every day. And that's how you become who you are and you earn yourself a black belt because um, there's going to become bigger and bigger leaps of faith. But at at some point, you're not even worried about it because you've watched the universe respond on all these smaller ones. You know the universe will respond again because what you're doing is for other people. When you are who you are, you master your skill and you share that with your community in the world. That's it. It's always cooperative. But what will you get? You know, I got a friend... Mine is a wonderful person and met him at Burning Man too. And uh, very smart, massive heart and, you know, living the dream in, in Las Vegas or not Las Vegas, Los Angeles as an investment banker, making all the money. He's like, yeah, I'm unhappy, but I'm living the dream. I should be happy. And I was like, well, why don't you just change it? And, it, you know, your brain couldn't like really handle that. Uh, but after a couple of years, um, mm-hmm. he did and he traveled and he said he was the happiest he ever was. And then he went, I said, the matrix will always take you back. <laughs> matrix yeah. takes him back, making more money than, than he was. And, you know, we'd recently spoken. He's like, yeah, I feel like there's something a little bit missing again. And, you know, when we we're conversing, it's just like, I know for me anyway, and there's probably multiple ways and multiple perspectives, mm-hmm. but from what I've observed, you know, if you're constantly like trying to make this relationship with money where it's about putting the money first and not who you are first. It's a different way to navigate life. You can do it, but I don't think there's the same level of fulfillment. You know, it's, it's like, who are you really? Um, how do you develop those skills? How do you put everything you are into that and then share that with the world or figure out some way? I don't, but the thing is, you don't know what you're going to get back, right. but I promise you, you'll get back enough, right? Yeah. You'll get back enough. But people, they want these other things. And I think you can marry the two, you know, and be abundant, but I'd rather be, you know, in a lower level of abundance or have what I need and do what I love and make a massive impact in the way that I want to make an impact, then have tons of abundance and live just for me. And then kind of put that, 
you know, service and who I am on, uh, on the back burner, make a, like a little bit of impact, you know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And again, it really comes down to like, there's that fear of losing out the fear of missing out or not having enough of something. And then, you know, it almost seems like it's guided by wanting to have this, you know, for some and, you know, a lavish lifestyle or, you know, something that they can't afford. And they're always, always, always trying to attain these things for status. And they're feeding the, the not good ego, right? The tyrannical king or queen ego that is, you know, making them stay off that path of who they are. Because like you said, if we can do what we love, but we don't necessarily live with abundance, but we're doing what we enjoy, then if we have everything we need, then, I mean, that's in, in my opinion, in my definition, that's success. You don't need to have a ton of it. If you're living your happy life and you're who you are and your true self, and you're doing those things that you want to do, that is success. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the distinction too, like if you have a family and you need to support, there's nothing wrong with a quote unquote regular job or something pays a bill. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The idea is just don't give who you are a zero. Like if there's something that you want to do, if you're content there, like uh, the way of the peaceful warrior, you know, the, 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 the master is a gas station attendant. He's like, Oh, well, if you're this master, why are you just a gas station? Attendant? He's like, I get to talk to everybody. I like my job. You know, it suits me. And if that's genuine for him, then perfect. That's totally fine. As long as you're being honest with who you are. And I have a recent, you know, story with this. I had a, a buddy I hadn't seen in a long time. We get together and we usually drink a bit of scotch and play the UFC video game. And so we're nice. drinking the scotch and, you know, he says to me, you know, I haven't done anything I was really proud of, of myself in a long time. Cause I usually talk to my friends about deep stuff. I like, you know, fine with the nonsense talk, but I like to, you know, know how they are. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, what would you want to do? And I go through the series of questions. He's like, yeah, I'd like to build custom cars and all this kind of stuff because he's a mechanic and, you know, loves cars and all this different thing. And I said, hey, buddy, I was like, you know, you can do that. Keep you provide for your family. You should be proud of everything you've done. Uh, just don't give it a zero. You know what I mean? Just just keep keep it on your mind and see if you can put a little bit of effort towards it. And, um, you know, he's been in the same spot that he has and he's still happy and um, that's fine. But I go to the gym uh, you know, a couple months ago and I meet the, I, I'd known this guy for a while. We got to chatting. This guy was a mechanic, wanted to build custom cars, started to build custom cars. Now he only builds crazy cars and trucks that he wants on his own for as much as he wants to work or as little as he wants to work and makes great money. So the only difference is that that guy didn't stop moving towards it. Right. That's it. Right. And so it's just being honest with yourself because the more that we, you know, really engage with who we are, I think the universe wants us to be successful at it and put that out into the world, right? It's your gift to, to everybody else. And then there's also the other perspective that I like from the indigenous uh, teachers that I've had is so it's like, you don't even need to have a life purpose. Your life purpose is just to exist, mm -hmm. just to be alive, just to be a part of all of nature. You are so unique. The fact that you were just here is beautiful and it's enough. And that's one of the issues we got to complete this thing or or achieve this certain thing to be enough and uh, it's a never-ending game it'll never happen and I give the example to you know people that i coach is like okay just imagine you got a three-year-old or you were three it's like are you enough when you can ride a bike or are you you know i was like okay are you enough when you get the training wheels off are you enough when uh you graduate you know grade eight are you enough in high school are you enough when you graduate university or you get your first job or your first promotion or your first house and then somewhere in that area we feel like we've grown up and know some shit but really we're just kids 
And our inner dialogue and our inner voice is actually a, a child. You know, people say it's seven years old. So you want to, you know, talk to your inner voice, talk to yourself like it's a child because it kind of is. It's very sensitive and it's very raw and it's very um, innocent, you know, and so it kind of hardens over the years. So the, the point is we're incomplete and we're always going to be evolving. And, uh, you know, we want to figure out, can we go along the journey and be whole perfect, harmonious, and full of self-love, like an oak tree that's, you know, is the oak tree good enough when it's just a seed or when it sprouts his little first, you know, whatever, <laughs> trunk, <laughs> or when it's first leaf or the first thousand years, right? So it's just this process of life that we get to engage with. So if we can learn to have more powerful frames of how we navigate existence, it's going to give us space, it's going to give us power, and it's going to give us more control in a chaotic world. 100% very well articulated too. I love that. It's, it's crazy. I hate to use the word crazy, but it's, it's so foreign when you step out and think about why wouldn't we be ourselves? We get so caught up in all those other things and it's as simple. We can say it's a simple, but it's not, you know, for a lot of people, it's just a simple thing as X, Y, and Z. Um, when did you personally, like, when did you feel like, okay, like, and obviously it changes up, right? It evolves. Our purpose evolves or who we are just evolves. I guess what, what kind of led you on a path of wanting to help others and feel like this is why I'm here. I'm, I'm really going to help other people. Well, I think you said something really spot on just before saying like your, your life path evolves through the skills that you have and the experiences you have. And so, you know, I give the example that let's just say we're in the ocean and everybody's just following the school of fish or, or we're, we're on a boat. Let's just say we're, we're boat and we're just like a school of fish following everybody. Now, when we start, and that's that's creating life by default. So that's where you grew up, the opportunities you have, the most amount of money you can have probably for the least amount of effort is most people, right? So right, the cushiest job, you can have the least amount of effort to provide for yourself to have a quality of life. That's how most people think. They just create life by default. But when you begin creating life on purpose, um, you start to figure out what your values are, who you are, the things you want to experience, and you start steering that boat or canoe, and you start paddling in that direction each and every day, you know, with each and every action, each and every intent, each and every journal, each and every project, you know, each and every prayer, it's all a paddle in, in mm -hmm. architecting your life deliberately. It's a beautiful process, but it's scary because you break away from the herd and now you're alone and you don't know what you're going to experience. And so now this is where the creator in life interacts with you. It might give you these things and challenges for you to you know, experience and uh, develop your skills, whatever you need to know to get to that next level. And so when we start doing that, it's, it evolves over time because we don't know what we're going to accomplish. We don't know where we're going to go. So it's, it's more of a direction. Most people don't know if they're going North, East, South, or West, right? <laughs> right. So once you know, if you're going North, then you figure out Northeast, then you want to dial it in. Like I'm going in the direction of like 364.01. That's my direction. I don't know where I'll end up. I don't know all the things I'll experience, but I know this is where I'm going. And that's right. architecting life deliberately. And that's about knowing who you are, how you want to grow and how you want to contribute to this world. Very simple things. And then, and then walk in that path. And so for me, you know, I just, I just, I used to think that I thought like everybody else, I thought that, and it was only when everybody was going to university and nobody was thinking about traveling and nobody was asking any good questions that I thought 
I was like, what do you guys want to do? Right. And like, oh, I don't know. We're just going to go to university. And I was like, you have no idea where you're, you're going to spend all this money. You have no idea what you want to be, what you want to do. No one is talking about traveling. No one is talking about what they want to make of themselves, what they want to experience in this world. I was like, huh. I was like, this is odd. Like, it is how, odd. you know, what's going on? So it doesn't make any sense. Like, for, so you're just going to go 40 hours a week, two weeks off a year. Um, and that's going to be your life. And I was like, there has to be another way. And so for me, I just always felt like this, there was something wrong with this system. And mm. uh, I just, I gradually learned more and more all the things that were very wrong and then moved towards, you know, the things that I wanted to experience, do and achieve uh, in, on, you know, in my life. Right on. What was your first like dipping of the toes into the spirituality? You know, was it like, uh, you know, for some, some folks it's, you know, an organized religion that was, you know, a tradition within the family. And then it, some people kind of branch out some people, what was your first dipping in the toes? And then how did that evolve? Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I think I was always spiritually inclined, right? My family were Christians and we went to church until I was about 10 or so, but it felt uh, not complete to me. In my teenage years, I was reading books, a lot on Zen, a lot on Buddhism, a lot on consciousness and enlightenment and things like that. And I always felt like there was a, a creator or something bigger. And so it's, you know, meditation and things like that. And so I was, I was always reading these books on like how to know God or reach enlightenment and studying different various religions. You know, I ended up going to the parliament of world religions five years ago with a native nice. American elder friend of mine. And so I just always had this inclination to know what was going on here and have a connection with the creator. And over time that, understanding has evolved and i think it's an infinite mystery and i think that's it has to be here so we mm. have free will because if we knew the answer if we knew the certainty uh it wouldn't be a test whatever this is and we wouldn't have free will if we knew the answer everything it would be less exciting if you always knew you made the shot and everything we're always guaranteed so i think that's a part and parcel and process for the life so for me that's been like my main goal and even with uh the clarity of the last few years of what's going on i but I was thinking about the podcast and how I want to put things out and, you know, like, what's my purpose? And I like, cause I can, I, I continually inquire. So I'm trying to be helpful cause I'm still here. You know, I've almost died like four times. Like I'm still here. So yeah. I want to do the best I can. And, and recently I came to the conclusion that, you know, my intent is to connect as many people to the true creator as possible. Mm. And after doing over 500 podcasts, reading hundreds of books on spirituality, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things like going to the, to Nepal, trekking Everest, you know, sitting in meditation for months, trying every weird thing under the sun. I don't know who or what the creator is. I don't know if it's within any of the Bibles, but I think they all speak about the one. I mm. think it's like this energy source, this unknown, the unspeakable, but it's your intent to connect with that. And, I, and an easy one would be life, cooperation, harmony, love, mm. all the good tenets. And, and so I want to steer towards that you know, and intended to connect with whatever that force is. Now, while the stories, uh, they can be interpreted from different people in different ways, sure. and they could all be true and they could all be false because there's a lot of deception. I don't know. Uh, but I do believe that there is a creator. And I think that there's truth in, in a lot of these books um, that steer us. And for those people who understand how to read it and interpret the message of what they're saying, it's your connection with that creator. You don't like when I was at the parliament of world religions, there's like 230 different religions. And, um, my, my elder told me, you don't need a broker to God. You know, you don't need somebody, you don't need somebody to say, Hey, now you're connected. No, it's you are always, you, you were, and always will be connected to the creator. You're a perfect divine soul as you are in a forgetful state, you know, mm. that's what I believe to be true at this time. Um, and so, and I have experienced some really 
profound things that are, you know, beyond words. And it just brought me into that feeling of infinity. And like this, there's a force that loves me unconditionally, you know, like your mother's love times a hundred billion. Like I felt that directly. And I don't know what that is, but it sure felt like something beyond creation, something so powerful that it can't be comprehended or even put into words even close, you know, like if you if just played like those yeah. stupid words to try to <laughs> try to describe what it was, it's just like, you can't do it. And so whatever that force is, is connected to me. And so mm. I want to honor that uh, to the best of my ability. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. It's no wonder why there's a myriad of names to try and describe what it is, you know, um, some, obviously some cultures won't even write it. They can't comprehend. It's beyond, any realm of human thought, it can only be felt like love. And that, yep. that, that unconditional love, that peace there. Why is it so hard for people to just accept and love and unconditional love each other when we can just look at a tree, recognize that it's a tree and it's different than the one next to it or a blade of grass? What's so different about looking at a human being and feeling something from them and not just loving them for who they are. I think that goes back to what we were originally talking about is all this, um, these psychological traps that we've been fed Mm. and all these paradigms and frames of the world, uh, very competition based, very judgmental, uh, you know, very egoic. And so all of these things are uh, celebrated in a way, right? Mm. You look at the celebrities and what they're putting out there, they're celebrated. Um, You know, one of the, TikToks that came out, I kind of posted. There's this, there's this kid that gets to go to the White House for Joe Biden. It's just a bunch of nonsense, and it's like a guy that I think he's gay, and he's got like these long nails, and it's just a very confusing video the whole way through. And it's this whole kind of like transgender weird stuff they're pushing on the kids. But this is like somebody who is they're saying this is what gets you to the White House. This is a celebrity. If you're a young male. This is what you want because you're going to be celebrated by the president of the United States. That's your role model. That's mm. what you need to be to get to, to this high level of success in this world that everybody wants, right? So we're looking at these, these ideas being um, pushed on these kids on mass. So it's very confusing. Like that's why in part I wrote Zen Athlete. I thought about writing a few different books. And the reason why I decided to write that one, because I was going to write like the art of self-mastery or something like that, not to have it in sport. But my thought was, um, the, the three biggest influencers on the planet are uh, athletes, musicians, and actors. And athletes can influence a lot of kids. And so, if these athletes get a hold of this training and say, "Hey, kid, like if you know about meditation and and you know all these different facets, you can create your life in a very powerful way." So it's all everything I've learned from, through self mastery, a very simple way that that everybody can understand. Now, basically, what I teach is get you connected using quantum heart hypnosis or something like that, or this very simple process. And now we know for sure what that signature, what that energy is of who you are, what you want to create. Then you use all of your will to go create it. And so I would teach people this in sport where we would have to create the reality through um, one single trick. So one example would be this uh, freestyle motocross guy, uh, Brody Carmichael reached out and he fell on a front flip. And I said, Hey man, I I heard you're good at coaching. Um, fell on a front flip and I want to be the fourth guy ever in the world to land one. And I want to do some variations that have never been done. I was like, sweet. 
So <laughs> we, we jumped on a call and, you know, his mental game was pretty strong and offered a few uh, upgrades here and there. And I said, okay, man, like you, you can read my book. It'll help, right? Cause you're an athlete. You should read it, but you don't have to. Um, and you, should, I got a course. It'll help you. Um, you can do it. It'll help you, but you don't have to, what you have to do is you need to visualize that trick, uh, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day, every day until you know, you can land it. There's going to come a point where you know that you can land it. When you hit there, go ahead and do it. So in my stuff, it's all done for you. Really basic. Anybody can do this. So he makes his own guided recording, put my front and back on there with a little bit of soundtrack. And uh, it's just because people don't know how to quiet their mind. That's all right. it is. Yeah. That's all it is. We're just rehearsing this thing because people aren't trained to quiet their mind because the mind is nuts. But a <laughs> guided meditation yep. can help you focus it. That's mm. all. It's so simple. Yeah. So three weeks later, he lands the front flip. Three weeks after that, he lands the world's first front flip heel clicker. Uh, on a motorcycle. So it's a motorcycle trick for those guys who don't know. And uh, three weeks after that, lands the world's first front flip friggin' Superman on a motorcycle and wasn't even practicing on a phone pit. He was going around speaking in the schools, trying to inspire kids and stuff and just sticks it. And it's unbelievable. And so he used that principle to manifest something that had never been done into reality. So if we marry that energetic signature of who we are, the direction we want to go and put 100% will towards it using those frames uh, that you have those tools, you will be successful over time. Right. There's there's no way you won't be. And even if you weren't successful in a way that you wanted, if you died, you'd be proud of yourself. You'd be like, good job, because you were working diligently on right. something meaningful to you. That's you're gonna, you know, when you die, and if instead of 40 your death experiences, your own mirror that comes up. You know, it's like, who are you? Were you honoring who you were? Were you honoring your life force? Or did you allow distraction, deceit, deception? greed, uh, lower level materialism mm -hmm. to guide your decision-making. And that's the whole thing, right? This material, I need this, at least this minimum material to move in this direction. And so, um, yeah, so I think that's a very powerful way for us to operate, you know, and, and it's not that complicated. It just takes a, some clarity and some courage. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I love that. It, it really is a positive mental attitude to achieve anything, right? I, fortunately, I grew up with parents that said you could put your mind to anything you can accomplish it. It's your best friend or your worst enemy and always, always, always focus, use your imagination, you know, and I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, to, uh, there was something I wanted to touch on that you had said um, with the materialism. How, how can we possibly get individuals to realize that, you know, we see it all the time, you know, social media, right? It's designed, you know, it's, there's a lot of ads on there. There's sponsored posts, there's this, and it's, it's a constant bombardment of somebody trying to get your attention or your money or this or that using your resources. How do we get folks to disattach themselves from chasing that materialism of stuff or things or status and actually get them to see that those things are fickle, that they just keep chasing things that change over time. How do we get people to focus on the, the important things, in your opinion? That's a, that's a really great question. I'd, I'd say the first thing is just for the person to do an inquiry and what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. You know, what is understanding what, what your values are, what, what is truly most important to you? If you are looking for, you know, material objects or to be perceived in a certain way to feel fulfilled, you never will be. And one mm -hmm. of the other things that I'll often talk about when I'm coaching is that if there's anything you need to know, be, do, or have 
um, that's preventing you from being fulfilled right now, it doesn't matter what it is because it will change to something else. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's an infinity. If there's one thing, oh, I just need just need to lose a bit of weight. Cool. No, it's infinity. No, I need this new car. No, 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 it's infinity. No, I just need this job. No, 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 it's infinity. So that's the first one that popped up. But the second time you get that funk, it will change like a magic box. So how can we be whole, harmonious, fulfilled, and all the and, and full of self love and and I don't know the answer to that. I just know that that's the aim. You know, mm. and we can, I think we, it's a reminder, like in, in Buddhism, it's a practice where you come back to that self-love and self-commitment where, you know, not self-love in a weird way. People don't understand that. I think it's like self-acceptance, mm. you know, accepting yourself. And it's weird because we can love our animals and our, and our brothers and our sisters and our mothers with infinite love. But when it comes to ourself, it's this massive resistance for most people, you know, Absolutely. so just know that, you know whatever you got to do to kind of contemplate. And I think that people need to do their own self-inquiry. I think journaling is a very powerful process for people, mm. you know, to just go into and really dive into and just, you know, work on yourself. So the materialism thing is like, it's just that understanding, you know, that nothing material is going to, is going to change how you feel on the inside, although it's great to have and it's fun. Right. But everybody who who's achieved great material success knows that it's, uh, you know, fleeting. I, I love Mike Tyson, you know, and he's, so, he's like so badass. He's got this podcast and he'll talk about that, right? Yeah. Making all the money and how crazy his mind was and still is. And he's very uh, vulnerable and raw now. And, you know, but like that, that guy is a spiritual teacher because yeah. he just is honest. He's just honest. That's it. So just be honest with yourself and do your best. And, and that's the thing. We're not perfect. We're going to make a lot of mistakes. And so, you know, just give yourself a meaningful aim because if you're going for that stuff, it's, you know, it's, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to fix it. Just to do an inquiry and like why mm. you want that stuff, you know, because it's, it doesn't matter. You know, how do we encourage people to be honest, not only with themselves, but also to the people around them. I think the first one is being honest with yourself and then be honest with others and just be in a person of an integrity, right? Well, I think we're out there, everything is just so complicated. We don't have these uh, simple values, these simple ways of being. It's all, complex and flashy and distorted right the more i get older the more i just want to live in a small mountain town and teach martial arts and snowboarding and have a comfortable home right. if it is a massive home with a dope skateboard park in my house with tra and all this awesome fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> fuck yes you know right. and, and maybe one day i will earn that from my work you know what mm -hmm. i mean maybe one day that will be given to me i'll i'll earn that but i can be you know, I'll be as fulfilled in that house as I am now, depending on my spiritual progress. And if I can get to the place of full acceptance and love, it's not going to matter the thing that I have. It's just a, a beautiful addition to who I am and, and what I get to do and what I get to experience. Because even if I had that, then I'd be like, well, who can I share this with? Right. Where, where are the kids? Where are the people? Where are the friends? Where, you know, that's what I would want it for. Get people to come over and have fun with. And so, yeah, man, I think it's just, just being the best person you can, you know, and, and being easy on yourself. Everyone's so friggin' hard on themselves. I remember this Wayne Dyer book I was reading once and uh, he, you know, he's a great teacher. I liked him. And he said, uh, he's playing tennis with his buddy once and his buddy goes, misses a shot. And he goes, Oh, you idiot. And Wayne goes, Hey, don't talk to my friend like that. And his buddy's like, what are you talking about? You know, you're crazy, but we do that to ourselves. And so, yeah. so yeah. 
I, I used to be guilty of a lot of negative self-talk for years, years and years and years. And you don't realize the damage it does and what you have to do to like, I wouldn't ever talk to anybody like that. Why am I talking to myself like that? It's just not, it's not cool. So I, I get what you mean by like that self-love, but not in like the weird way that everyone gets all freaked out. We're not talking narcissism. We're talking like actually honoring yourself and, you know, you know, being. Yeah, even kind, right? Kindness and compassion. There's a Buddha quote like that says, you know, you, you're, you yourself as much as anyone in the entire universe deserves your love and compassion or your kindness and compassion. Right. Right. And, and again, it's a practice, right? These things are our practices. Right. I remember reading the book on Zen and they'd always say, live in the moment, live in the moment, live in the moment. Any good spiritual teacher say the same thing, live in the moment. It's true. Gotta live in the moment. I get it. So I try. And then two seconds later, I'm out of the moment. And then I'm out of the moment for nine weeks. <laughs> and then I'm reminded on my podcast, right. I'm supposed to live in the moment, try again for a second. And so I used to do these, like, uh, you know, so I'm like, okay, well, when I go to the bathroom and I set up these triggers where I was going to become more aware. Mm. And that's really the key. You can train yourself into awareness. And right. um, like, if I go to Zen athlete, you know, I was trying to think about if I taught this to kids in schools, how the simplest way I could break it down, what I was actually teaching. And so if you go to shoot a basketball shot, if you clear your mind before you shoot it, right? That's what you say. Hey, clear your mind. Fundamental shift in consciousness and the quality of your life and the quality of mental freedom you have right there. Person mm -hmm. can clear their mind and can't. Then visualize shot going in. This teaches them you influence your reality. Third thing is you miss that shot terribly, you know? right? You don't always succeed. So what's the most powerful and positive perspective you can have in that scenario? You, how do you respond to life? How do you respond to what's happening to you? That's where your power is. Mm -hmm. And so then it comes back to, can you be whole, complete, uh, harmonious and full of self-love wherever you are in the progress and miss the shot, make the shot. It doesn't matter. You stay the same. That's really the, the core of what I, I like to offer to kids and offer to people. Then again, those things are, um, a practice, but that's a fundamental shift for navigating your life and freedom. Just the awareness of what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're doing. If you're constantly just being aware, um, that's, that's night and day for most people just fully on autopilot shut off, just kind of being steered right. by propaganda. Basically they're basically hijacked. That's the virus. And they got these, you know, you hear about these theories of like these little spirits or, or these energies, right. Hijacking people. That's essentially what it is, right. They're fast asleep and their body's just working, but they have no conscious will or intent. They're kind of shutting off and numbing because it sucks so hard and they're not choosing any of it. Mm. That, that it's, <laughs> couple of things in there that I, I totally resonate with is that like taking that that moment maybe that breath before that shot so as a as a, as a kid I, I didn't do many sports at all the, the one thing I did do my father got my brother and I into archery so archery was our thing and he would always always remind me and I started at six so it was like trying to teach a six-year-old how to like you know hey relax the mind calm the mind before the shot like visualize the shot in that that was like all lessons he was really trying to instill in my brother and I early on, just so that we were paying attention so that we were aware of things and not just getting distracted by all the static in the peripherals, you know? So I like that you said that. Um, and there was something else in there too, pardon, um, that it's interesting that, you know, you talk about like hijacking, you know, hijacking our consciousness, right. And just this, constant need for polarization, constant need for division, getting people away from each other. Just like, it, it just feels like just keep everyone separate. Keep it like, just keep compartmentalizing things, 
everyone just hide in your corner, you know, and then this just fear mechanism, which then creates this anxiety. So then now we're not in living in the moment, right? We're either thinking ahead and getting anxious about it, or maybe a little depressed or anxious about something bad that happened already. So it's this constant, whether it's polarization socially, politically, or even mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Why? <laughs> yep. Well, that's another great question. And uh, I suffer just as much <laughs> as anybody else. Um, you know, I, there's a great quote from one of the Stoics. I think it was Marcus Aurelius saying, uh, we suffer more in our minds than we do in reality. You know, men suffer a greater amount more in our minds than we do in reality. Right. And in the Bible, uh, I got a lot more into the Bible recently because of the law summit and everything I was trying to learn there and all the references realized I hadn't even read it all the way through. Like I kind of read like quite a bit of it in my younger years and bits and pieces, but not a full front to back read through. Sure. So going through that and a lot of the quotes, you pull up like Bible quotes on fear. And, you know, I, it's weird because I've referenced like the Bhagavad Gita, I'd re referenced the Vedas, I'd reference everything but <laughs> the Bible because I was like adverse to it for whatever reason. But man, that book is really spot on with just understanding good versus evil. Um, and so one of the, one of the uh, verses, it says, you know, give not any attention to the worries of, of tomorrow because there's enough for today, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean? And, and it also, you know, I'm looking at the food shortage and things like that. And there's a quote on that. that just it says the birds. Know, the yeah. The create the creator, you know, cares for the fowls in the sky and the, you know, all these different things. Don't you think it will, you know, he will care for you. And so just a very fascinating, uh, perspective to have when I, when I'm kind of stuck in that, because like I said, it's, it's been trending negatively and I'm able to kind of see what's going on, but ultimately, you know, it's always been a greater thing. This whole world, it's always been out of our control. Everything, every, right. everything's always been out of our control. We get a little tiny bit that's within our control and that's our ability to respond to our current situation and what's happening. And so if we can connect and like hardwire or harness ourselves to creation and creation, our creator and what is good and what is right and continue that. And if we walk into harm, maybe that'll happen, but we could also walk into harm by trying to play it safe and selling our soul. And that's what I think is happening here is that you know, they can corrupt our, our minds and they, and they do, and they can corrupt our, our food and poison it. And they can, and they do, but we have to corrupt and poison our soul. We're the ones who have to actually consciously choose that. And so that's what I feel like the main battle is here right now. Right. I couldn't agree more. That's we're the last front, you know, ourselves, who we are on our own psyche, our own consciousness, right? We have the, the that ability to, to say, no, no, this is where it stops, you know, and like some call it spiritual warfare, some, you know, whatever you want to call it and, and to have just the, the wherewithal to know, like, wait a minute, so, you know, you recognize if something doesn't seem right, something seems off. And then how do you react to it? What do you do? hundred percent. Yep. That's it. So, <laughs> it's a bit different for everyone, right? It's funny because I do the, the coaching call and I have people from all over the world that, that join this uh, coaching call mastermind that I put together. And some people haven't even touched this. I got people in Montana and Mexico and Costa Rica and Florida travel around. They basically had none of this. And meanwhile, I got a buddy in Australia that's like, you know, got fired from his job. Me just getting hammered over here in Ontario. Man. So I was like, what a wild ride this is, you know, and I'm very confident we're going to, we're going to come out the other side because I do know quite a bit about, 
you know, I, like I said, I, I want to know what, how, why we sell war it made no sense. So, you know, you go into the elite and all this kind of nonsense that they architect, you know, and, but what it's, they have to conquer the United States and that's not happening. It's mm. not going to happen. They have to conquer the United States because you have the first amendment and you have the second amendment. You can actually defend yourself. Um, but this is already not working. You know what I mean? There were, everyone is just like looking and looking. And by the time it gets to your, to your community and your front door, people have seen enough. You're like, no, no, no. We've seen that play out. We're not mm. having this here. Hey, Joe, Mark, Tina, who's ever in this, our local municipality, not happening. You know what I mean? We're coming to your house, not happening, right? And anybody wants to enforce that, you know, okay, good luck because all of us are armed. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, so there's no way that they're they're conquering the states. And if they don't conquer the states, uh, this doesn't work because it's it's global. Mm-hmm. So, but it's what you have to endure in the meantime. Right, yeah. <laughs> where you are. Absolutely, you know, and, and all we can do is just stay steadfast and, and you know, and, and trying to put positivity into the world, you know, how, you know, you had said, um, and that's what I try to do, you know, and I've, you know, for years, you know, I just I pl- played music, you know, and I toured and, and that was how I put positivity out there and what I did lyrically, musically, and, you know, everything obviously has changed, you know, can, you know, cancel tours, cancel shows, and then just have like this time to kind of reflect and um, even just to kind of be motivated to do something like George saying, like, you know, you really should start a podcast. You know, you have a lot of, you know, great ideas. And so, you know what, leap of faith, because it happened in this like weird serendipitous way where he said it. And my girlfriend said it at the exact same moment in time. She was telling me, oh, you should have a podcast. And he's texting me, you should start a podcast. And I go, okay, I guess I'm going to start a podcast, <laughs> you know, and it's just more about just having great conversations with great people whom I admire their work and what they're doing like yourself and, and sharing that positivity so that we can raise the vibration for this world around us so that people can maybe start seeing things a little bit clearer. Well, that's beautiful. And well, you're a phenomenal podcast host. So if you've been, if you're new, then you're, you're great. And you've got the, uh, the, the mindset, the experience, the dialogue, and the wisdom to do a great job. So this has been a pleasure for me, you know, just uh-huh. conversing with you. And, you know, what you just shared there, I call those universal winks, right? And you're a person who honors their intuition. You just knew it's two things. You then thought about it and it felt right. So you just did it. Right. That's it. Right. And then the intent is something helpful. That's it. That's, That's all, all you need. To, if everybody can just kind of participate a little bit. In that idea, rather than numbing out and just doing stuff to pay the bills, because you're, you know, a lot of jobs are harmful, right? A lot yeah. of jobs, jobs don't don't do anything positive for the community. So that's a challenge. How do we put food on the table? So it's not to disrespect anyone's way of life. It's just of to course. say, don't give who you are a zero. Because the more you hone that in, you begin to master that craft and whatever it is, or the art form, there's going to be a way for you to put that out in the whole community and the world will uh, be grateful to receive it. But you yourself, when you die, cause you're going to die, you're going to be proud of yourself. That's the most important thing. So it's harmonious with everything and all of creation. Cause that's what you were put here to do. That's who you came here to be. That's who you want to be. Right. So it's you honoring yourself. Um, and so that's the most beautiful thing. Now what you get, that's the mystery. But yeah. you'll I you'll always get enough. I've always I've, you know you always get enough. I see homeless people all the time. They get enough, you know. Not, <laughs> so you know you'll be fine too. Yeah, faith of a mustard seed. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
That's awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Um, can I just, uh, you know, beforehand, if you have any, like, you know, if you had to say top three, maybe reading recommendations that you would suggest to folks. Sure. Yeah. I am a big fan of reading lots of books. So it's usually like whatever I've <laughs> read recently, right on. But, um, you know, I always recommend to anybody that I coach to read a basics of NLP neuro linguistic programming, just to understand how your mind works because it goes into language patterns and all these different things. Cause then you'll see when they're used on you because they're friggin' effective. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I say, don't think about a pink cat or try not to imagine the American flag on fire, your mind has to imagine that. And what they do is they actually create these storylines to create the emotions. Because if I tell you a negative story with wild emotion, you'll feel that. So I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. But uh, so if I say, just, just imagine I'm over here and I have a beautiful little kitten. It's so cute. Right. And all your listeners just imagine I got this nice white kitten. It's so cute. You know, now I grab his neck and I just stabbed him in the guts and he's screaming, he's crying, he's bleeding everywhere. And it's just so horrible. I hate doing that. But the other reason why I do that is because if you had to hear me, you feel sick. You feel like it's so easy to do with a negative story. You didn't choose to go, oh, God, that's awful. Why the hell did you even say that? Right. Your body just does it because you have empathy. Right. right? And so they do this to make you afraid and uh, fearful and all these different tactics. So you can do the reverse. And like with your music, I imagine you create positive stories, positive imagination, um, empowering stories that create a different feeling. So neuro-linguistic programming shows you how to reverse engineer and architect that. You see Mm -hmm. when it's being used on you. So you can be aware of that, right? So you can step back, you can reframe and you can just kind of null it um, and and, um, take it away. So there's that one. Any basics of uh, neuro-linguistic programming would, would work. I think Zen Athlete's a great book because it's uh, it's very simple on how to create your life. It's like, you know, I've read a ton of books. And what I want to do is simplify how you create your reality, mm. right? So it's Zen Athlete, but it could be Zen Music or Zen Business. Use that same framework because that's for me when I read a book, like I'd, I'd read so many peak performance sports psychology books. Mm. I want to know how to, and what do I do for how long and map it out. And so that's right. what I did in that book. I mapped it out. Um, so you really know. And then for a, a, uh, the autobiography of a yogi is a good book, but there's a crazier series called uh, the life and masters, uh, the life and Ma- the life and teachings of the masters of the far East. Uh, mm. They're kind of hard to get uh, bare T Spalding. They're such an interesting read. I they're they say they're true. I don't know because it's like it's autobiography of a yogi on steroids, and they're very very interesting books. Oh, and then because I'm recently reading the Bible, read the freaking Bible. Hey, sixteen right. eleven King, King James. No one ever says that. And I'm going through and like some of the like I'm going through some of them are like the Book of Matthew, and some of them are freaking phenomenal. Um, Genesis and Revelations are crazy. I don't even want to read those right now, but I did. They're phenomenal. And then there's some books like I'm reading one right now. I'm like, what is this even talking about? So I'm just powering through and then maybe it'll make sense later. I'm like, what is this? What is this even talking about? But some of them make, you know, such perfect sense. So those are my suggestions for now. Wow, man. Right on. Dude, I love that. Um, and how about music? You got any, uh, anything you're listening to currently? You might want to just kind of. That's where you got to help me out. I'm the worst when it comes to music. I love all kinds of music. I listen to everything. So right now I'm putting a lot more piano on my thing. And I I like piano. It's peaceful. Um, And I like, since Burning Man, I like that. But I'm one of those dummies that calls it all EDM, which it's not because there's like thousands of different kinds. I like like the chill melodic stuff. That's just like, uh, like, like music that is, uh, 
and I can never find it. I kind of, when I find it on Spotify, I save it, but relaxing music with like the perfect Hertz mm-hmm. you know, with a nice mellow, kind of like what George, George makes some of this stuff. Yes. He's, making beats. he's you know, shout out George. Thanks for putting this together. And he's, George he's helped me and made some amazing clips with stuff like that. You know, just yeah. it's nice to listen to. Uh, but, I, and then I'll, I'll listen to always like, you know, old rock, you know, eighties, nineties, Nice. 90s was good too 70s rock yeah. you know so i, I kind of go over and we'll go through like sometimes we'll listen to dinner and throw on like uh you know italian dinner <laughs> shit like that i do so the I same to, I thing go around. i'll even throw in like some violin so yeah. i don't know what the heck i'm doing man <laughs> yeah if i'm cooking italian i'll put on some old old-timey italian music and feel you know fancy or it's something fun. yeah it's like that's what i'm doing oh and then another one i like to wake up in the morning is um these uh tibetan I found this really crazy series of like Tibetan singing bowls, but um, they're like chants of like ohms or whatever. And it's like, it's just like Omadi Padme Om. They're like, uh, it's kind of like Kirtan, mm-hmm. but different. Like Kirtan is like the affirmations of yogi stuff. Right. I think, I don't know. The the yogis are all getting mad at me right now. Something like that. But like, you know, <laughs> wake up with this like crazy oming through the house. And I'll blast that, you know, try to get nice. some good vibes going. So it's, it's very sporadic over here. I love that. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so what do you have coming up uh, with uh, with uh, yourself? You got any um, you know appearances that you're doing or you got any books you're working on for people? What are you what are you doing right now, my friend? Well, right now in Canada is a bit ridiculous. So we're looking at making some big moves, um, trying to actually get down to the States and Mexico. So we're looking nice. at doing some big things because it's getting pretty uh, communist like up here. Um, you know, I'm not allowed to go shopping or to the gym or you know, oh, yeah. all these different things unless I have uh, my papers, which is nuts. Mm. So looking at doing ah. that, but uh, the podcast is still rolling. People can always check that out. Um, awesome. If people are interested in stuff like l- learn about their life purpose, uh, the Soul Compass course is phenomenal. Everything that I make is it's effective. Like, you know, it's the shit that works. I go through so much stuff to figure out what friggin' works, you know? So if you mm. want to be strong, you know, five, uh, three sets of three deadlift, you know, deadlift, squat, bench press, um, overhead press and, and just a few sets and I can give you a workout plan and make you strong as shit. It ain't complicated, right but on. it will work. Mental game, spiritual games, the exact same. Love so it. soul compass course is free in the membership, the quantum heart hypnosis, that stuff is, is phenomenal. And then I do a mastermind group as well. That's um, for people who want to dive deep, because if anyone calls me, I don't know what my life purpose is. Usually within an hour, we figured it out because it's mm. not a set goal. It's a direction asking you simple questions and then we we ding it out the challenge is walking the path and that's what the mastermind is for is accountability and tools and framework so you're it's like going to the gym people can't lose weight they don't know what to do it doesn't matter if they don't know what to do they just need to show up every day right and figure some shit out now if you've got a trainer with you that you've paid and you're going to show up and kind of show you the ropes you know once you kind of got it you can you can see it where you want so that's the main thing i'm working on but i think i'm gonna once i get settled and figure out some safety for the family there's a couple uh, books and programs that I want to put out. And one of them might be um, the law of attraction for an ideal world where we, you, where we use the catalyst to figure out what our purpose is to respond to the situation. Cause that's what we need. We need everybody to respond to this, mm. let go of the stuff that's not serving. Look at all these opportunities we're having, you know, what don't you like? I don't like this. This is great. So what do we want? And then we work as a community um, as an individual, but then that that kind of spawns out to the community to really build those solutions. So I've been inspired to do that. And I think I'm going to run a, a webinar on that and invite people to come in. And we do that kind of process of like, look, this is an ideal world. And we go through it together. And I did that last week in my coaching call is really great because nice. you find that area that you're you're passionate about. And that's what you do. That's how you play your part. And when we all start doing that, you know, we we will respond to this in a magnificent way. Oh, 
That's beautiful. I love that, man. Uh, what's one last piece of nugget you want to leave uh, before we part ways virtually? <laughs> well, I appreciate this. And I love leaving the listeners with one of my favorite, the best ever spiritual teaching I have ever heard or read or yeah, or know about it is from my friend, uh, David Lombear Senapas, who's a Native American elder uh, of the Mi'kmaq. And he said, do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. And if everybody did that, what a world we would have. And, and I give the, uh, you know, I, I invite people to take the kindness challenge on the podcast where I say, do it for a week and go out of your way. That's the whole thing. Don't tell anyone you go out of your way. And he goes into, he gave me a whole hour talk about how the body's electromagnetic. And when you do the act of kindness, it creates a charge from that person that you hit. But then if you take that charge and you go tell it from someone, then you're losing the charge. But if your body keeps it, right. you're in this electromagnetic field. So you're, vibration is raising that's how you actually raise it you actually have to do something yes right not just sit there which is part of it that's that's being able to open your mind and, sh- and understand observation but you need to go then do something in the field to get the charge um in a meaningful way not that i'm going to go get this charge it's just that you've seen the opportunity and uh you go do it and uh when people take that challenge often they get that universal wink something weird will happen to them that it's it's so weird and it's so random and it's so specific you know it was the universe and you're like what the hell and i get all these emails all the time when people take up that challenge and do it and i'm like yes that's amazing and so one uh, i like to offer people as a suggestion is when you go through the the checkout and you get groceries um when someone always go through the checkout he said when you get someone's name that's an act of kindness cuz you're addressing them i never thought about that as an act mm-hmm. of kindness now, since COVID, it makes way more sense than we see faces. So you get their name, right? Um, but when someone's behind you, look at their what they have. And it's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It's easy for me. But I'm like, oh, can I see those cookies? I get like a treat they have. And then uh, I'll get them to scan it. And then I'll just go, free cookie day. And uh, usually they think, you're like, what do you do with my food? And they, sometimes they get all suspicious and shit. <laughs> but it's just so hilarious. And it makes them happy. And, you know, it's just such a, a silly thing you know, that you can do. So if you did that, you know, that's my suggestion. That's the best spiritual thing I've ever heard. Three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. I love it. It's awesome. Matt Belair, thank you so much, brother. I truly appreciate our conversation, man. Thank you so much too, man. I appreciate the invite and thanks for following the thread, you know, doing your thing. We appreciate you. And there you have it. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Matt Belair. I can't thank you enough for being on the show and just sharing some of your experiences and some of your insight. We heard about some really great stories. We heard about how he's now recently a new dad. So kudos to you and your new family. I wish you nothing but the best and great reading recommendations. Matt really drove home the importance of learning the basics of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, And if we're better equipped on understanding how neuro-linguistic programming works, maybe we can detect it when maybe others are using it on us. So great recommendation there. He also recommended his own book that he authored, Zen Athlete. And I think that's wonderful because even as a musician, you know, uh, I make music that I want to listen to and I applaud that passion. So be sure to check out Zen Athlete by Matt Belair himself. We also learned about the life and teachings of the Masters of the Far East by Baird T. Spaulding. Uh, I'm excited to check out some of those series and apparently uh, some really wild stories in Matt and his recent revisiting of the Bible. So those are his reading recommendations. So be sure to check some of those out. Um, you can follow Matt Belair on Instagram at matt.belair. You can also find him on the internet at mattbelair.com. 
And you can be sure to check out Matt Belair's very own podcast, Mastermind Body and Spirit. He's got a lot of great guests and we definitely implore you to check that out. So Matt, I can't thank you enough and all the listeners, I can't thank you all enough for all of your love and support on this journey. I'm really enjoying myself and these open dialogues so that we can have great communication and learn from one another so that we can move our consciousness together in a positive direction. It's the only way that I personally believe and in my opinion, we can really break down those walls of division and polarization. If you're listening, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell so you can find out about new episodes that are coming out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at itd.jcosta, as well as on Twitter at itd underscore jcosta. And until next time, please continue to take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself. Thank you.